Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Tons of people take a multivitamin. Me included. I'm trying to get back on track after football season, eating better, exercising, all of that. And it's important to choose one that is top quality. With one delicious scoop of athletic greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adoptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients helps to support gut health, the nervous system, immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging. It's lifestyle friendly, adopting to a wide range of diets. It contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no chemicals or artificial anything. Plus, it costs less than $3 a day. It's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially during cold and flu season. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash sports drink. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash sports drink to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Thanks for listening to Saints Happy Hour. We are a family here. You know what families do? They support each other. And if you aren't a patron, we need your support. All the great content you consume for free takes time and money. If you love the show and listen regularly, please become a patron. We need you. Supporting Saints Happy Hour can cost you as little as 23 cents a day. That's what the Saints should have paid Kenny Stills. So please, go to Patreon slash Saints Happy Hour and support the show today. Hey, Ralph. Ralphie. Andrew and Dave. All right, I got a little intel. Your Saints Happy Hour podcast? Yeah, yeah. It's a joke, all right? And I'll tell you what. You, Ralph, you mispronounce everything, okay? I listen, I go, what the? Does he not know the English language? All right, Ralph. Try to get an English class in there every now and then, okay, pal? Andrew! Think you're smart, huh? Think you're smart? You're in big trouble, pal. You piece of shit like you for breakfast. And then, of course, there's Dave. Dave, a little obnoxious, got a little bit of a chip on your shoulder, huh? You gotta get cut people down all the time. Is that what you gotta do? But uh, know that life is good, appreciate it, do what you do, keep on keeping on. Shooter out! <laughs> all right, everybody, welcome to another edition of Saints Happy Hour Podcast. It's that time of week again where we do a Twitter Spaces uh Tonight, I may be the only one of the Saints Happy Hour crew joining us. Andrew, of course, is drunk in Cancun. Kevin and Dave are off. Kevin's on Tinder doing he's doing. Dave is probably playing golf or simulated golf or something nonsense somewhere. Uh, so we're going to have a lot of interaction from you guys. 
It's going to be fun. Uh, we want to remind people, if you're listening to this now, become a patron. If you're on uh, Twitter, support us. By becoming a patron, you can help us have a live show later in the year. You can help me build a studio so I don't sound like I'm at the bottom of a swimming pool. Maybe we can even fly Thomas in from Poland. Make our dreams come true. If you're listening to the show after the fact, the free version on wherever you get your podcast, thanks for joining us. If you hate all the commercials in the free version, become a patron and no commercials ever. You don't have to worry about like the six, seven minutes of commercials we put in for promos and sponsors and all that stuff. So tonight, I want to talk about this. I don't think the Saints are trading up for a quarterback. And I think it's because of a couple of reasons. One, I just don't think they are going to look at these quarterbacks and be like, this quarterback in this draft, whether it's Pickett, Willis, whoever, is worth giving up two firsts and a 2024 second because that's what they gave the Philly to get the extra first. I don't think the Saints are going to look at it and say, that I'm willing to give up that many picks to move to three or move to five for Pickett. The thing that I think is possible and even likely, though, is I think these quarterbacks are going to fall. And I know teams get hung up and they, they, keep, they, they get antsy and they can't, when they fall in love with the quarterback, they can't wait and they trade up and they do this. But I don't think these teams, I don't think Carolina, I don't think Atlanta are going to take a quarterback. And I think there's a decent shot that when the Saints pick at 16, if they want a quarterback, 16 or 19, they'll get, they can pick whatever quarterback they want because they're all going to be there. And here's my theory why. At six, Carolina, I don't think Matt Rule think, no, thinks that a rookie quarterback is going to save his job. And you could say, well, Sam Darnold sure as hell isn't. That's fair. And they don't have a lot of veteran quarterbacks out there left. Garoppolo, Baker, that sort of thing. But here's the thing that really has me thinking Carolina's not drafting a quarterback. I listened to the GM shuffle, Mike Lombardi, and he has two sons. One of them is offensive coordinator for the Raiders. One of them is a, uh, run, either the running back coach or the receivers coach for Carolina. And today, and if you listen to his podcast, you know, he doesn't really, he, he never really goes that hard on Matt Rule because his kid's the coach. Like he's not, he's not, he doesn't lie about the Panthers, but he doesn't go hard on them. And today when he was talking about Pickett and the Panthers. He was talking about how teams, uh, people that he talks to, view Pickett as a really nice backup quarterback. And then he went into the fact that if the Panthers draft Pickett, he's going to be standing. He's not going to be able to save Matt Rule's job. He he may even need time to season, and that's not going to that's not going to allow Matt Rule to be continue to be coach of Carolina. And I'm like. His son is a coach at Carolina. You know where he's getting this from. His son is telling him, hey, we're not picking. We don't like Pickett. So I think Carolina's out. I think Atlanta's not going to pick a quarterback. Because listen, Atlanta is going to be suck out loud bad in 2022. They're going to be pick top four in the draft bad. So 
Atlanta, I think they're going to be targeting their quarterback next year, right? Because they'll be in the top four. The quarterback draft is better, and they can pick a quarterback next year. Now, I know people would say, well, you could pick a quarterback now and then build around him. But here's the thing. If you draft a rookie quarterback and you're Atlanta, you know if you pick Willis or whoever, you're wasting a year of that five-year rookie contract. And that's what makes drafting a good rookie quarterback so valuable is you get four or five years of them at low cost. If you're Atlanta, you draft a guy this year, you're going to stink this year. You're probably going to stink next year. Then whoever you get isn't good until year three. They have one more year, then you got to pay them in year five. So I don't think it makes that much sense for This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Atlanta to pick a quarterback. So I think there's a real chance. I would say maybe slightly better than 50-50 that we're going to be there at 16 and we're going to be like, Whoo, oh boy, you got Pickett, you got Willis, and you got a tackle and you got a receiver. So I think the same, I think it's going to be very surprising how this draft's going to go. I don't think the Saints are going to trade up to get a quarterback. We got we got Budrich and we got Jason Champagne waiting. Budrich, what you got for me tonight? <sighs> I don't think I'm so, so back and forth with quarterbacks that I have <laughs> two weeks. I'm just, I mean, I think the Saints are going to take a quarterback probably with a 19th pick because. I firmly believe with the 16th pick, they're, they're just going to go offensive line. I think they, I think that was one of the main purposes of getting a second first mm. round was to probably get a tackle or perhaps you know go off that offensive line. Yep. But I think it's probably going to be a tackle, not even a guard. Well, I agree. I agree. Now you, the, the tackles, the, the the tackles and the wide receivers from everything that I read, I'm not a draft. You know me, I'm not a tape watcher, but everything I read, they say. Tackle is really deep. Wide, mm-hmm. rece- wide receiver is really deep. And the thing with Mickey Loomis is he was on Randy Mueller's podcast that he Randy Mueller does on The Athletic. It's on a, it's at a weird time. They post it on a Saturday. They do it on a Saturday morning. So it's kind of like it's a it's a it's a strange podcast only in the, it's really good, but it's always kind of behind the news because Saturday's just a weird time to record in the offseason, right? But the but Mickey Loomis was on, and this was last year, this is a while ago. But the thing yeah. that, that he always he, – he and Randy Mueller were talking about was like when we – he's like 
he's like, I know analytics is, I know football is different. I know the analytics and I know all that. And we, and we do all that with the saints, but he's like, he's like, remember Randy. And I forget the guy that they came to work under, but there, he was like, everything starts up front. If you can get an offensive line that can move people against their will, you set yourself up for success. And I believe that the saints are going to think that. And I think they're, I think you're right. I think they're going to pick a tackle. Yeah. I think I think they may pick a quarterback at 19. And listen, th- there's also in my mind, I-, I think Ritter, the guy from I think it's a possible that, that, that they were all at the 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 Bearcat pro day. It's a possibility <laughs> that Dennis Allen like fell in love with Ritter because Ritter is a guy that he's inconsistent from everything I read. And and but the thing is he has all the other things you love as a quarterback. And I think a team could look at him and be like, we can, we can, we can work with this. And I could see a scenario where Dennis Allen's like, that's the guy I want. And the Saints are like, well, we can't get him at 49. Let's get to 19. He'll be there. We'll take the offensive tackle and we'll take Ritter. We'll take Ritter at 19. We'll get a receiver at 49. That wouldn't be a bad draft. Butterich. No, it wouldn't be a bad draft at all. I think. And the thing is you got, to me, it's a great move because you, 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 you know, you got Jameis for two years on a low cost, and you can sort of hedge. You could say, look, if Jameis plays well, he plays well. Well, we have him for two years. So if he plays well and he turns into a Ryan Tannehill top quarterback, maybe we make the decision to pay him in two years if Ritter isn't any good. Or, but, or, or if Ritter's good in two years, we're like, hey, Jameis, go somewhere else. Make $30 million. Thanks for two years. Thanks for the fun winning. We like you. Now we're going to play Ritter. 2025. We really appreciate that because that's what's going to happen if he plays well and someone pays him $30 million, uh per year. I mean, listen, if if he plays well, he's not getting $30 million. He'll probably get $40 million because the, the, prices, but, the, price, the prices are getting ridiculous. I mean, you look at receiver. But my question to you, you like Matt Corral. Why, yeah. why do you like him? First things first is his release. Uh, when you go back and if you like, if you want to watch even just some highlight compilation of his throws, just watch the ball come out of his fingers. Mm-hmm. It it just hops out and it just looks downright beautiful when <laughs> time. It 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 honestly makes up a lot for what some of his deficiencies is because one thing he kind of does is that he's he's kind of like Taysman one way where the ball needs to come out a second late. A second earlier than it does, but since its release is that quick and that perfect, it makes up for it. It you just you just see that ball f- fly yeah. out. Does he not? Does he not process well? Does he not read well? I mean, I watched the Ole Miss games. The, the thing is, it's hard to tell because Lane Kiffin designs a really pretty and fun, great offense. Oh yeah, I mean, I don't think it's processing because he know because with the RPO. You have to be able to read what the defense is starting to give you. Like, do you want to let the running back take it? Do you want, to, or do you want to keep keep it and try and get a pass play? And and he does it pretty well. It's just he's going to have to learn how to do it without you know the running back staying right next to him and having to make that decision. It's something he's going to have to learn basically pre-snap, which is something mm-hmm. that excels him because uh, Pittsburgh's offense is built for progressions and learn and reading what the defense gives you. Yeah, Pickett's, Pickett to me is uh, 
interesting. It's just to me, to me, this Saints trade is incredibly fascinating because yeah. because they can go in so many different directions. And I joked today on Twitter that without Sean Payton, what it does is Sean Payton used to not necessarily give away what the Saints were going to do. He, he rarely did that. But he talked to the media all the freaking time. Diana, Rossi, Diana Rossini, Jay Glazer, Rappel, like Rappaport. Like Sean Payton loves to talk. He would talk to the media. And if they had Sean Payton, we would probably get like a different rumor source from the Saints every day. But now that they don't have Sean Payton, they're kind of buttoned up even more. So we yeah. have no idea what they're going to do. And I'm just going to say like, this. We see the rumors that they're going to take Pax and Lynch. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, looking at Pax and Lynch. Could they, could they have the new quarterback of the future? Yeah. And the thing is with the Saints, and I'm going to tell you all this. Yeah. April 28th is the draft. You need to have your liquor and your food and all your draft accoutrement ready to go. Because here's the thing. Once it gets to like pick three, you know, I always joke that like in the draft you, with the Saints that Mickey Loomis trades up so much, there's like a cone of uncertainty. It's like a it's like the hurricane, you know, it's like, oh my God, the cone of uncertainty. It goes from it goes from uh Katy, Texas to New Orleans. This hurricane's a monster. This is terrible. The cone of uncertainty for the Saints, because you don't know what they're gonna do. Once it gets to pick three, you're in the cone of uncertainty. Like, you know? I mean, I get, definitely with this track, because you really don't know what pick three is going to do. Because you, you know what Jacksonville's going to do. They're going for the kid from Michigan, and it's more than likely Detroit's going to go for the uh, Oregon pass rusher. Pick three comes. Okay, are they going to go for at, are they going to go for the tackle, the kid from NC State, Icky, or are they going to also go defense, go Kyle Hamilton? I mean, now you don't know what's going to happen, and you start to see where the draft, where, you know, there's going to be the run, because I think that's yeah. what's going to happen. Final question, Butteridge, thanks for giving me time, because we've got a bunch of people I want to get to them. Yeah, yeah. What is, because, because what's the scenario that you want for the Saints? Because now that they have so many knees, it was always kind of clear. Like, I'll take 2017, for example. I'm on the phone, and I'm texting with Juge, and he is hyperventilating as Lattimore is falling. And he's just like, oh, my God, this is fucking happening, Ralph. Lattimore's falling at 10. And it was clear. Like, it was like, that's what we want. Keep on falling. Thank you very much. But this year with the Saints, as we watch the draft, what are you going to be rooting for to happen if the Saints pick at 16? What do you what do you are you going to be like, yeah, pick them quarterbacks, pick them? What are you what are you rooting for to happen so that you get really excited when the Saints are on the clock at 16? I'm rooting for two things. One, the run on pass rushers. I want to see edge rushers fly off the board, maybe five or six and i'm being kind of generous pass rushers going in top 15 and two charlie cross from old miss fall i like both him and penning i think penning's a more aggressive mm. physical style i mean i'll just share you know clips of him throwing people onto the ground <laughs> like yeah he's my left tackle but i re but i think charlie cross would just be 
kind of the penultimate left tackle. He's fantastic at mm. pass blocking, and I think he can do well with Ron blocking. If if he can fall to sixteen, I think I think we would have a pretty good arm set replacement. Yeah, thank thanks, Butteridge. Appreciate you appreciate you joining us. Tons of people take a multivitamin. Me included. I'm trying to get back on track after football season, eating better, exercising, all of that. And it's important to choose one that is top quality. With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adoptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients helps to support gut health, the nervous system, immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging. It's lifestyle-friendly, adopting to a wide range of diets. It contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no chemicals or artificial anything. Plus, it costs less than $3 a day. It's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially during cold and flu season. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash sports drink. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash sports drink to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Thanks for listening to Saints Happy Hour. We are a family here. You know what families do? They support each other. And if you aren't a patron, we need your support. All the great content you consume for free takes time and money. If you love the show and listen regularly, please become a patron. We need you. Supporting Saints Happy Hour can cost you as little as 23 cents a day. That's what the Saints should have paid Kenny Stills. So please, go to Patreon slash Saints Happy Hour and support the show today. All right, we got um, we got Jason Champagne. Jason, what you got for us tonight? So, so one thing, Bud Rich will be proud of me. I've been doing some Matt Corral film Watching. study. <laughs> so I've been I've been eating that tape, eating um, that tape, yeah. And and I agree that uh, that ball flies out of his hand. Uh, I need to do a little more film study. I wasn't as high on him as I was on Ritter. The, the big thing with Ritter. If the Saints consider him in it, and I'm going to throw a little conspiracy theory in in a second, <laughs> that, that, well, that's like going that. to kind of get get our juices flowing. But um, the thing the thing with Ritter is uh, that lower half doesn't work with the upper half. If he can fix that, he fixes some of his accuracy issues, and the pop in the arm is there, and the athleticism's there, and the size and the leadership ability is there. Um, and so I, I think the Saints would probably consider either one. I kind of feel like Sam Howell's a smokescreen a little bit. They they have been checking him out a lot, but you know one thing about the Saints the is, is Drew didn't hear, but his sources say the Saints love Howell. That's what, really that's what, I'm, that's what I'm told. And I'm, you know, I, but but they 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 if they trade up for Sam Howell, that's a, that's a crime against draft. You oh, absolutely. You, you pick Sam. If you want to pick Sam Howell, pick his ass at 49. <laughs> right. And I think that's about mm. the right place he should go. Um, because I, I just don't I, I worry about the regression 
mm-hmm. in his last year at UNC. I know he lost some weapons, but still, if you're that good of a quarterback and you're going to become a great pro, your 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 career progression should elevate your production regardless of the supporting cast. He didn't elevate his supporting cast um, that last year, and that really mm-hmm. worried me about him. Um, you know, one one thing I was thinking was, you know, the Saints doing that and Juju's sauces. I mean, they've been pretty damn good in the past, so I, I would <laughs> I would not discredit them, especially considering we some of us kind of know who one of the sauces are. But That's um, right. but you know, it it could also be a smokescreen. I mean, we heard a lot about Davis Mills kind of being the one of the guys that the saints were interested in. And then yeah, the quarterback right. they take is Ian book. They passed on mills to take Werner and, and Hey, that worked out, but man, Davis mills wouldn't be bad on this roster right now, but here's my conspiracy theory. I love it. Hit me with it. We all know that quarterbacks, a lot of times get pushed up the board mm-hmm. and you know, the teams, the teams that we know need one, the two teams in our division in particular, I mean, they still may not select a quarterback because you had some good sound reasoning as to why they may not, but there's always one of these surprise teams that's kind of lurking. Um, Our dream scenario is that Pickett and Willis go off the board before we pick and sitting there at pick 15 is the Eagles. The Eagles don't necessarily need all the same things we need. So they may be willing to give up that 15th pick. If a team feels like Howell or Ritter is their guy and the saints are sitting there at 16, you might have a team jump and take that third quarterback at 15 and Mickey Loomis and his 4d chess game plays off because there's the possibility that saints don't want any of these quarterbacks and they actually kind of want Jameis. Yeah. If they can build around him. And and listen, that does That is, Go ahead, Jason. And, oh, well, I was just going to say, and and if somebody jumps in at 15 and takes that third quarterback, that's yet another OL that can fall to us. You know, there's a possibility Charles Cross gets to us. And if Cross gets to us, I think he's the pick at 16. Um, and you listen, know, Benning is definitely a possibility, too. And listen, Dan Orlovsky, Keyshawn Johnson, those guys have said, listen, I don't, and their theory is the same issue. They, they said, hey, I, the Saints do not, they don't think the Saints are looking to get a quarterback. The Saints are, are saying, look at the NFC. Brady is old. The Packers don't have Devontae Adams. Uh, Rodgers is old. Matt Stafford, yeah, they won the Super Bowl, but he doesn't scare us. Brady, they, they won, but we own them in the regular season. The Saints are saying, get Jameis a weapon. Get him a tackle. We get better health. We can win. Like, here's the thing. Here's the thing with if the Saints were in the AFC, right? We'd be like, there's no freaking shot on earth. This team is getting to a Super Bowl. You can't make a path for it because there's like seven really good teams in the in the AFC with really good quarterbacks. Eight if you want to count Tennessee and Ryan Tannehill, right? But in the yeah. NFC, in the NFC, if I said to you, the Saints. They get a tackle, and they get Chris Olave or Jamison Williams. And those guys, one of them's a home run, and one of them's really good. And the Saints get really good injury luck, like they haven't had the last couple of years. And they go 10-7, and 11-5. and five. 
Then in the NFC playoffs, the 49ers were a dropped interception away from dragging Jimmy G and his injured shoulder to yet another freaking Super Bowl. So yeah. there's there's a path in the NFC. So if the Saints believe that that they can they can still be competitive and they're not looking for a quarterback, like it's a totally reasonable thing to believe and for them to try to pull off, especially the NFC South is terrible. I actually think I think Carolina is going to pick Cross at six. That's what I, I that's my theory. I'm, I'm afraid of that. And, uh, but I, I look at the, you know, with us having those two first round picks too, why on earth would you acquire an extra first round pick if your plan was to move up in this draft with this quarterback class? Cause I mean, the, these guys have the pot, you know, you got picket. He's got, he's got Jim Druckenmiller Miller written all over him. Honestly. Yeah. Thank 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 you. Yeah. Thanks, thanks for joining us, Jason. Oh my God. We got Andrew Juge. Jude, are you in the casino at the Bahamas? Are you on the beach? Are you drunk in your room eating room service? What What are you doing in 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 the Bahamas right now? Jude, are you are you are you uh, are you with us? I'm trying to get I'm trying to get Jude. We'll see. Uh, uh, I don't know. It's not working. JP, JP, what what are you? Uh, what do you have for us? Hey, Ralph, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing great. Um, I, I don't think the Saints are looking at a quarterback. I like Todd McShay's mock draft the other day where he had the Saints taking an offensive tackle and then the defensive tackle from Georgia. Um, oh, I don't like the defensive tackle from Georgia. But go I, ahead. I'm a big believer. I don't know if these guys are any good or not. Um, I'm just a big believer, like you were talking about earlier, that you build up front on your offensive and defensive lines. And um, but but Ralph, here's my question for you: If how high of a Saints draft pick are you willing to trade in order to ensure that Everton is not going to get relegated this at the end of the season? Oh my God, JP! Come on, Ralph, I no, gotta know. I got. I'd give up the pick. I'd give up pick forty nine. People don't care about this, but Everton is basically a point ahead of relegation. They were winning yesterday. They were winning yesterday two to one at halftime against the team directly behind them. If they had won, they'd have been six <coughs> points clear and fine, and they probably don't get relegated. Instead, they gagged it away, and they are the Titanic. Oh, and they are sinking. And if they get relegated, I'm gonna have to find a new EPL team. JP, thanks for joining us. Oh my God, Ed. Andrew, what 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 are you doing in Kink? What are you doing in the Bahamas? Are you, are you no, drunk right now? No, I'm I'm back. I'm back. I just got home like ten minutes ago. It was a long day of uh, traveling, but I am back, and I'm here. So, you were texting me to get a little bit off topic because we're talking quarterbacks. You you texted me, Tyron Matthew. He's playing us all for fools. He's his social media campaign that he wants to be a Saints. It's all nonsense. He's just trying to get the Philadelphia Eagles off their ass to pay him. I That's mean, your look, look I, it, maybe this is the pessimist in me, just seeing how, <laughs> how these free agents that the Saints have done this song and dance with and how it works. But, like, we, we know this by now, right? Between, yes, right. like, Darren Sharper and Champ Bailey and Adrian Peterson, all these big names that are kind of aging players. And 
you know, look, that, that's not to say that Tyron Matthew is at the same stage that Chan Bailey was when he joined the Saints or whatever. But in general, like, the point is the Saints have their number for these kind of guys. And if they want to come at Mickey Loomis's number, then great. We want you to come. We ha- we'll have a rule for you. But, like, we're not going to overpay. And I just feel like with guys like that, if they're going to come, typically, like, they come without much fanfare. And when it's this whole thing, when it becomes this whole thing, it's down to the Saints and this other team, then, like, I know the other team's offering more. And a lot of times it's just like a ploy. Look, these agents, they coach these guys on how to do this. And I think Teron Matthews, like his agents telling him, go visit with the Saints, go talk to the media, tell him you'd love to come home and play. And and he knows all along, like he's getting offered way less money by the Saints than he is by the Eagles. And it's just a squeeze strategy to get the Eagles to blink and maybe throw another couple million, you know, to sweeten the pot. And that's where he's going to go. So like, I don't know, like, I, I'm not trying not to get – and part of it, too, is I'm probably guarding myself a little bit because I want him so bad. But I, I, I just think it's like I know how this plays out. We've seen this movie before. We've seen this movie, and I, I just think That's it's right. like a matter of time before the Eagles <laughs> blank. They, they send him a couple million extra, and he's like, okay, I'm an Eagle. Yeah, Brandon Cooks – Brandon Cooks, the, the rumor that he that the Saints called the Texans, that lasted about 10 minutes. He, he signed an extension with the Texans See, today. That's another, one I, that's another one. The whole reason he was shipped out besides like his attitude and closed mouths don't get fed and he pouting in the locker room after the Saints beat the brakes off the Rams and he didn't have a catch in that game and he was whining about his stats. Like That was a thing, but like – Michael Thomas low-key hated that guy. And, and now we're starting to learn after the fact that Michael Thomas, look, he's got his own set of issues. And obviously there, there's, there's right. some turmoil with Michael Thomas and other players. But, like, I, I just feel like why would you want to bring a situation that's combustible when you know he and Michael Thomas have beef? Here's my question. We, the, the trade, we've had, like, four days to, like, digest it analyze it think about it what's your feeling of it now? like what are you and i know it may change and as we do mock drafts we still got a we got three weeks right so what's yeah. your feeling on what the saints are going to do with 16 and 19 well look for, first round picks matter most and right now the saints were at 18 and they had a unknown pick for next year right the other stuff to me is is decoration it really comes down to the first round picks and they were at 18. Now they're 16 and 19 and we don't know what that pick is going to be next year. So look, if they make the playoffs, it's a great trade. It's, it's great value. Mm -hmm. If the team sucks, if they go five and Mm -hmm. 12, then it's a terrible pick. You know, if this, if the saints end up picking seven or eight next year, then the trade is awful. And I kind of look at it as it's going to depend on how they do this year. Um, Look, I I mean, going into the draft, it's going to suck next year if they don't have a first-round pick. But, like, going into this year, they have two first-round picks. I'm excited. I'm excited to potentially get two players out of the first round. So, uh, in the here and now, I'm looking forward to it. I I just ultimately, to me, we'll look back on this trade, and it's got to be one of two things. Number one, they either have to make the playoffs this year. They have to, in which case 
next year's pick won't be that great and it'll feel like a good trade because and that probably means the two guys that they drafted played good that's right right. if they if they made the playoffs so i I think it's it's either got to be that or if the team doesn't make the playoffs and they don't have a first round pick next year then you had to get a quarterback out of this draft that you believe is going to be the guy for the long term so you know, if they pick mm-hmm. a guy at 16 or 19, or if they package both to move up and take a guy that, I, you know, they could even go five and 12. But at, at the end of the year, there needs to be a guy under center where you're like, yep, that's that's the next Josh Allen. That's the guy that's going to be our quarterback. And I don't know if that's Kenny Pickett or Malik Wills. Mm-hmm. I don't know who they end up with, Ritter. But like some dude is playing quarterback for the Saints. Maybe he wins the last two games and he, he statistically mm-hmm. he's he's off the charts. And you're just feeling really good about the future at quarterback. Like to me, those are the only two scenarios where this trade is acceptable. Otherwise, like if you lose, if you don't make the playoffs and you don't have a quarterback, then I think this trade is a disaster. Explain to me, because you texted me something and it sent a chill up all throughout my body and not in a good way. You texted me the Saints really like Sam Howell. Explain that to me. Yeah, I mean, I think they like Kenny Pickett too, but yeah, I think Sam Howell is on their short list, and you know, I've I've been vocal that look, I, it depends on where they take him. Like with all draft prospects, like that's the caveat for me is it depends on where the player is selected because like I'm not hot and bothered if Sam Howell is taken in the second round, but if you're six taking him 16 or God forbid trading up to get him. Like that, that just feels awful, right? So, yeah. Uh, as with all these prospects, a lot of it comes down to where you take them. And I thought Ian Book was, by the way, was taken way too early. Now we don't know if a team would have come in and taken him, you know. But I, to me, I felt like Ian Book could have been had in a later round. That that's just my opinion, based on all the projections and the experts. And, and granted, like the Saints are more clued into what other teams might do than experts are. So, yeah. But to me, with Sam Howell, like, I've always been down on him. And the main reason is, like, I don't see a lot that's translatable to the pros in the sense that, yeah, he's a good athlete, but, like, he's not an elite athlete. And he's six foot one. He's not, like, the prototype quarterback, right? He's not Desmond Mm -hmm. Ritter. He he doesn't have the traits that are exceptional. And on top of that, it was very much like a play-action zone, zone read offense where he's out of the shotgun all the time and he got dudes are running wide open and he's throwing very easy passes for touchdowns and it's inflating his stats because corners at that level just play that type of offense terribly. And it's a lot mm-hmm. of one-read passing. It's, it's all scripted. And so, like, the only thing I can gather is that Sam Howell, like, I mean, he definitely had a good stats. He definitely played a lot of mm-hmm. games. He definitely won a lot of games. But he must be crushing the interview process. That's <laughs> the only thing I can imagine yeah. is that, like, the Saints, said, the Saints may have put all those things on the table in an interview and said, hey, th- this, is, this, is our, this is the drawback for you as a prospect. These are the things that concern us. Explain to us why that's not a problem. And, and look, maybe they watched film together. And he blew them away with his. He's like, Mac Brown was holding me back, baby. That's right. Yeah. Like they (laughs) they go into that after that interview, they're like, man, he was really held back by that offense. So like, it's like, I'm just telling you why I'm nervous and why I wouldn't pick that guy in the first round. But like, it's possible that 
I'm not privy to those interviews. None of us are. And it's well, I mean, listen, he, he, he's showing some kind of acumen or IQ. It's just off the charts compared to the other guy. I wouldn't even mind. Like, I wouldn't even mind if the Saints like they took a they took Jamison Williams, William, or or another wide receiver, and they took a tackle, sixteen and nineteen, and they said, "Hey, we want Sam Howell, and we're trading up from forty nine, and we're going to give some team ninety eight, and we're going to go from forty nine to thirty eight, and we're going to get Sam Howell." I wouldn't even mind that. Like. That's okay. You know, I feel like that's, 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 that's worthy risk. They've moved up for guys in, in the second round. They did it for Vaughn Bell. They did it for other guys. And if Sam Howell doesn't work out, you gave up a second round pick and a, and a comp third that's like at the top of the fourth round, basically. That wouldn't be bad. Dude, if they pick Sam Howell in one of those first round picks, that's just agree. To me, it's just egregious because you can get him later. And that's why, that's why it's bad. It's not necessarily. Certainly that he's a bad player, but like they have so many holes to fill. Um, you know, it, it, we'll, I just we'll don't I, like I, Malik Willis. Like I've, I've been on record as saying, I know some people think he's amazing and love him. He scares me yeah, just because I think he's so raw playing at Liberty. There's just so many question marks, you know, everything that he's to me, he's not a pocket passer. He, there's just a lot like, he makes me nervous. And I said, look, I said the same thing. I was on the record saying the same thing about Lamar Jackson because I saw Lamar Jackson get completely dominated by LSU's defense. And I think most of you could point that out and laugh at me now. Cause, and that's the comp, right? Lamar, a lot of people are, yeah. are, are comparing Malik Willis to Lamar Jackson. And so maybe he will be awesome. I think it's going to be tough for him to be good early. I think he, there's going to be a learning curve. I don't think he'll be a year one impact quarterback. Um, I, I personally like Desmond Rinder a lot more. I think he's just more polished, more yeah. pro ready, but like, you know, sometimes the prototype stuff. And again, the X factor with all these guys is how they interview the, the, just their film study habits, the IQ, the acumen, because you know, that's, what's going to translate, translate the most in terms of that's their right. ability to improve at that level. Yeah. We, Joshua, what do you got for us tonight? Uh, no, I'm I'm in total agreement with you guys about just the Saints. I honestly think they need to take an offensive lineman and then take a receiver. Um, divvy up, like you said, give, give, give James some help. Like, give him really examine if James is going to help you because he's a 5,000-yard, you know, 5,000-yard mm-hmm. quarterback. Like, yeah. he's done it before versus these rookies who you're taking an extreme risk on, you know, well, you know, you're not really extreme, but you're taking a risk of like, right. okay, I'm going to pick this guy. I'm going to waste a pick and he may or may not work out. I mean, I honestly think again, receiver, offensive lineman, second round, if Ritter's there, go get him. You're, it's yeah. not going to hurt you to go and do that. Don't go for Sam Howell. Don't go for <laughs> these other guys. I really feel like, you know, Sam Howell, Pickett, these corral, it feels very 2016. Jared Goff, Carson Wentz, like unless you have everything in place, they're not going to help your team. And that's how it was for Jared Goff and Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz, Eagles, they had a lot of things in place. They had a good defense, solid line, solid D line, receivers. They went to the Super Bowl, you know, granted without them. But I honestly just think, you know, I, that's what I think the Saints should do. I'm just scared because the Saints in years past, they're they are following the Saints blueprint <laughs> to the T. 
and I am scared they are going to reach for they're going to get an offensive lineman because that's what the Saints do and they're going to reach for some defensive player or that no one has in their draft books being a first round pick and my thing is that will highly upset me because everything needs to be focused on the offense at this point and I just have a sneaky suspicion the Saints are going to do that thank thanks for joining us Joshua Andrew if the Saints, I mean, Joshua makes a great point because uh, the only comment I'll make about that is: do we do we really expect this to not get worse now that Dennis Allen is the head coach? <laughs> That's right. He's like Mickey. I need another defensive end, and to get me get me another defensive end. Yeah, he's got yeah he's got a second round grade, but but get him for me. I, it if they if they shock us. At 16 or 19 going defense, what position do you think they would go? Or do you have a name that you would that you would be like, yeah. Def- defensive tackle. Defensive tackle. And, you know, I'll be honest. I, I don't expect – I mean, I don't expect Jordan Davis to fall to 16. But if he does, I think they're tempted. <laughs> I think they would be tempted by him. I mean, he's just so athletic. He's just so crazy athletic, and he's long. And I just think you—you you know, Dennis Allen's not going to be able to help himself. He's going to get the, these dreams of Onyemata and Davis playing next to each other. And it, it might—I look. I just <laughs> talking about it right now. It's—it's it's tough to resist. And now we're talking about Dennis Allen. Yeah, he's like, I—I I, I don't need an offense. Give me. Give me, give me a two stud defensive tackles in the middle, and I will. We will wreck people. We'll, we'll have. We'll get Traquan. We'll sign. We'll sign Will Fuller. It'll be fine at receiver. Let's build the defense. It's kind, of, it's kind of something to be said about that, right? I mean, here's here's the thing in the draft that that I people get mad at me, but I said is is just like if you draft a good player, no one will care. Like if the if the Saints went out and they drafted a tackle. And they draft offensive tackle and defensive tackle, but like they're both on the all rookie team and they're both really good. No one will care. They'll be like, hey, we might still have to get a receiver or whatever. But if you pick good players, it will work out. Remember they picked Camaro and we were like, they picked Camaro and they got they got running backs. What do they they got Ingram? They got they signed Peterson. What are they doing? But you know, it worked out. So KB, what you got for us? Hey guys, how are y'all doing? We're excited. I, I like when the Saints good. make moves. I like when the Saints make moves, KB. I, 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 got, I got four picks in the top 100. Hell yeah. I <laughs> have watched extensive film on all five of the top five quarterbacks. And really, none of them, even including <laughs> Pickett, who's number one, have ever stood out to me. And I was talking to Dylan on the timeline earlier about you know, what, um, you know, why are these quarterbacks considered historically bad? And for that reason, why I also don't want the Saints to consider any of them when we have glaring needs at other positions, including you talked about defense safety, if Kyle Hamilton falls, et cetera, you know, that could be a need for the Saints to fill. If Hamilton falls to 16, you run to the podium and do it. Exactly. But I also think, you know, part of the reason why, these quarterbacks are considered bad and the saints have no reason sticking their nose in any of these quarterbacks business is because think about the, what makes a modern offense tick in 2021, 
you know, you have these defenses, especially the Saints that play these two high cover seven variations that are allowing teams to give up that underneath throws, right? Those check downs, those Mm -hmm. crossing routes, that four to six yard range where they're comfortable giving up half of a first down every once in a while. You need a guy that you can, that's going to cook over the top and nobody, none of these quarterbacks have represented on the collegiate level that they're able to operate an offense that includes both deep and the middle of the field. Well, here's, what? Well, here's the th- here's the thing, KB. I was gonna say, if you want to cook over the top, just get Jameis a fast receiver. Like if that's, that's what if, I'm if that's what you want to do on offense, if you're like, we need to cook over the top, just go. Yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but I think that's a problem. Thing, you, right? you, you make your team. you make your hay with that four to six yard, and then that's where that's Jameis right. struggles. That's yeah, that's but that's what you're playing into what the defense wants you to do, right? Because if you're doing the same crossing routes over and over and over again, eventually you're going to make a mistake. If you want to, your the goal of an offense is still to create those explosive plays. Which one? Think about what won each of the closed ball games, right? Those explosive plays—the one to Cooper Cup, the one that the Bills ran at the end of the first quarter, the Patrick Mahomes to Tyreek, the touchdowns. You know what I mean? Those are explosive plays that beat the safety over the top. You want a receiver that can beat somebody over the top, and the Saints don't really have a consistent option there. And it doesn't matter who you have at quarterback. None of these guys have operated in an NFL offense. Their footwork's a disaster. Their mechanics are a disaster. There's, you know, they're all really athletic, which is great. You can, you know, do the the Cardinals offense, which is just Kyler go do something. You know, we can run that here. <laughs> I like that. I like know? that. The Kyler, the, the Kyler go do something offense. When I, I'm old, I'm old. KB. That used to be the Eagles when they had Randall Cunningham. It would just be Randall go go do go do something. Yeah, but it's they're still doing that now, Jalen. I don't want to throw my guy under the bus, but man, that's they're still doing that. And that very that one read RPO offense that these really athletic quarterbacks tend to run in college, like Matt Corral, et cetera. They have one read, right? Malik, all Malik Willis did was throw out routes. There's nothing over the middle. There's no crossers. There's no deep posts. There's just out route, out route, out route, out route. You know what I mean? And that's not that doesn't translate to the NFL. And if you're going to take a guy in a, on a rookie contract, part of the value of an NFL quarterback like Josh Allen, et cetera, is that you get value out of them within their rookie contract before you have to dedicate half of your cap space or a quarter of your cap space to one person. Right. So if you're going to take mm-hmm. a guy and then stash him for two or three years and pray that he develops the ability to read a defense and pray that he develops the footwork that is needed to execute an accurate offense, you know, you're just wasting your time. And I really do think that the Saints are better off waiting a year or so looking at the veteran market, which clearly has changed over the last couple of years where more guys who typically would be dedicated to one franchise or on the move. You know, maybe somebody comes yeah. available that isn't typically available where you can take a shot at that person. I don't feel comfortable with the Saints either picking somebody at 18, even if it's Desmond Ritter, who I like out of these quarterbacks, versus, or even worse, taking those two picks and trading them to move up into oh the top God. five of no, Carolina. You know, well, I've heard that they like Pickett, and I I would have big issues with. I will personally come jump Dennis Allen if he <laughs> trades into like. the top five and picks 
Pickett, I'll personally jump him. I, thank, JB, thanks. It's, uh, join us all the time. I love your insight. Thanks, thanks for joining us. Um, this is this is exactly why I was telling you that I want Carson Strong, or just why I like him, because he, his footwork is incredible, and he he does have the big time arm. And his accuracy mid level is very good. Seventy. His medicals must be atrocious. He, he must. I, I was just about to ask. Atrocious. How bad must his legs be? Worse than mine. How bad must his medical be? Worse than mine, maybe. That, I mean, that his stock is dropping because his tape is awesome, and the way he resets his footwork, he's got the biggest arm in the class. Like, there's he's a prototype just in terms of size. Like he has it all. Yeah, I think. I, I just think with these quarterbacks, we're due for all the all these teams. Are like, I want the mobile quarterback. I need a guy that can run. I, need, I think we're kind of due for a guy like Carson Strong come in. Whether maybe he gets picked late, and maybe his his leg thing, his medicals work out, and then teams go like, Oh yeah, you can win with the guy who can't really run if he's super accurate and good. Yeah, Here's no, maybe maybe that's it though. Maybe he's he just can't run and teams teams want guys that can make plays out of the pocket now. He, uh, but, but I will tell you this like uh, Trevor Penning out of Northern Iowa. I, I I will be stunned. You know, and Charles Cross is probably another guy they'll look at, but like Trevor Penning is a 996 rascal. <laughs> and uh, I think it was uh, not Mel Kuyper, who who's his buddy that went to Richmond. McShay. Yeah, Todd McShay had Penning going to the Saints, and that nine nine six Raz score, you know, six seven three twenty five, super athletic. I mean, I can't think of a better Teron Armstead replacement than that. Yeah, I mean, you you look at his speed. I mean, he you know he he's fast. He runs a sub five forty. You know, his splits are crazy. I mean, he's just super athletic. He's super strong. He's got big hands. He's got incredible arm length. Like he, he's he's just a great prospect, and I think because he's from Northern Iowa, I think there's a decent chance he's going to be there at 16 or 19. And the Saints take a tackle. I, I think that would be an incredible Armstead yeah. replacement. People said they they did the trade with the Eagles because they wanted to be ahead of the Chargers, who who need offensive line help too. Uh, here's my here's a the, a thought that I keep having, and you say this all the time. To me, when I'm like, I think these quarterbacks are going to fall. You're like, Ralph, when did quarterbacks ever fall? They never fall because there's always some team that's like, that's my dude. And they go up and get him. The Bears with Trubisky, whatever. But maybe if there was ever going to be a year where the quarterbacks would fall, if it doesn't happen this year, Andrew, it's like Kevin's trade down dream for the Saints. It's never going to happen. And I will yeah, give it. Will, yeah, but look, I'm just looking at the draft order. Okay. You got the tech, you got the Lions at two. I know they're probably not going to take a quarterback, but like they're picking at two, and their quarterback is Jared Goff. Goff. And then at three, you have the Texans. They just traded away Deshaun Watson. At, at five, six, you got the Panthers. They've been trying to get a quarterback for three years now. At eight, you have the Falcons. Mm-hmm. They need a quarterback. And at nine, you have the Seahawks, who just traded away Russell Wilson. Drew Locke is their guy right now. So, like, I'm just looking at all these teams. They all need a guy. And maybe if they fail to get a quarterback, then they end up trading for Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, and they make something happen after the draft. But, like, as it stands right now, I'm looking at the top ten, and I'm I'm seeing, like, almost half the teams where I'm like, yep, they need a quarterback. One of you're, them. You're really – you're really telling me they're going to pass on that for a pass rusher? Yeah, one of well, all it takes is one of them 
I don't think, I think, I think one, now that I think about it, you laid it out like that, one, at least one of the quarterbacks will go. At least one. In the top Not, 10? Yeah, like, like one of those. Uh, yeah, but then I just think whether it's the Saints or the Steelers you know, or some team that also needs a quarterback, are they going to panic? Or the Eagles? The Eagles still have 15 and 18. Would they package those to move up and, and go get a quarterback? I know they're kind of saying, no, we're going to mm. stick with Jalen Hurts. But, like, I'm just saying, I'm looking at all these teams. And, like, if let's say Malik – like, just hypothetical here. Let's say the Texans go Malik Willis number three. You know, do teams all of a sudden start to panic and say, we got to get ahead of Carolina at six. We got to trade with the Giants. We got to get to five. We got to get Kenny Pickett. They do it. Forget who. I don't know who that team is, but let's just say that happens. Boom. Two quarterbacks off the board. Now it's like, man, if we don't get Ritter, the drop off is significant. And then all all of a sudden it becomes, we got to get to seven. We got to get ahead of Atlanta. They're going to take Ritter. You know, so I'm, That's right. How many times have we seen this? Would that, it's, it's possible that quarterbacks fall down. And I, asked this, I, I think that's the scenario where they get picked. I asked this of Budrish, and, and I want you to answer, and then we're going to try to get a couple calls, and then we're going to get out of here. Because I'm, like I'm on like four straight days of less than three hours of sleep. I have a lot of stress in my real life. But, Andrew, I asked this to Butterich, and he, it was, it was a, it's an interesting answer. Because, and I use the, the scenario that I, I, I like to tell the story from 2017 where you're calling me on the phone and you are texting me and you're like, Lattimore is falling, Ralph. I cannot believe this is happening. He's going to fall to the Saints. It is a dream scenario. It's the corner we need. But it was obvious, right? It was like, yeah, hell yeah, the Saints need a corner. They, they were trying to get system corner from the Patriots, right? They tried to get Josh Norman a couple of years before. So it was obvious. But this year, Andrew, as we watch the as we watch the draft, if the Saints pick at 16 or and 19, when you're talking to me on the phone and when you're texting me draft night, what do you want to as these picks are coming off the board, what do you want to have happen? Because I look at it, I'm like, I'm not sure what I want to have happen. Maybe I want a bunch of quarterbacks to go. Like, what, what's your dream scenario for the Saints where you, when they pick at 16, you will be like, Yes, this is this is the way. Oh man, I mean, I don't, I don't think there's any way Garrett Wilson would fall to 16. But I mean, that that would be a sprint to the podium type of moment. You know, you mentioned Hamilton, and we talked about Jordan Davis briefly. But those are like positions that I view as less less of a need. Like I'd rather mm-hmm. get Trevor Penning. I'd I'd rather mm-hmm. get Olave maybe or some other guy, but. I, and actually, there's reasons why Olave, I'm, I'm kind of lukewarm on him. Like, if the Saints take him, then I'll be talking to it. But <laughs> I, might, I might want different receivers than him. But, look, the point is, I, I think where it starts to get interesting is some of this talent, especially if quarterbacks go early, right? Let's say that scenario plays out that I was talking about, where a lot of these quarterbacks go earlier than we expect. And then all of a sudden, Kyle Hamilton goes down your board or Derek Stingley goes down your board like do, do you start jordan davis do you start to become kind of tempted you know at, at 16 at 19 i, I would be so like uh, I, yeah. I don't know that's a rush to the podium situation because to me that's like well you still want the tackle and the receiver and you want to upgrade the offense and it's like in some ways it would be a bummer in some ways it would almost feel like a misstep uh to yeah, take but here's a guy 
that's not an offensive player. Here's the thing, though. Here's the thing that I want to have happen. The Saints have so many needs. I want them to get a top player at a position. And what I mean is, like, if all the quarterbacks go off the board before them and all the tackles go off the board, cool. Maybe we get Wilson, right? So get. I rather get Davis because he's elite defensive than, like, the fifth the fourth best tackle, right? Or the fourth best receiver. Well, I've at tackle, you know, I mean, Evan Neal is, is going to be gone. Uh, there, there's a good chance that, you know, your other guys like Iquanu, he's probably going to be gone. And then you start to get into like Charles Cross, would he be there? Trevor Penning. So like they're probably, if they take a tackle you know- at 16, it's probably the third or fourth guy. Well, you know what would be interesting is like the there's a quarterback. Maybe like both of the quarterbacks were there, right? And, and maybe like they, they it gets. Oh, to you, pick. so you're saying no quarterbacks been taken? It's yeah, like no, no, no. I'm saying like we get to pick like the seat with Seattle at like nine or ten. We get to pick like ten, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you look at it and you're like, there's no quarterbacks taken. And there's a bu- there was a bunch of wide receivers, and, and it's like do 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 do, and it's like oh the Saints are on the clock. They traded they traded number ninety eight to get from to get from sixteen to eleven or ten, and everybody's like this is for the quarterback, this is for the quarterback, and it's like nope, they just had a ridiculous grade on Evans, and he was there, and they took him, like and they were like that offensive tackle, we can't believe he's there. You at mean 10. you mean Evan Neal? Evan Neal, yeah. They'd be like, yeah. Evan Neal, we have a ridiculous grade on him. We can't believe he's at 10. We traded 98 to get from 16 to 10, and we took a tackle. Like, I could see that. I could see I could see that scenario playing out, but that's what I want. I just want to get, like, Saints get me. Would, Saints fans would hate that. Yeah, but if you, like, they need a tackle, though. Like, I can't, I a, I'd be like, what, like whatever. I just don't want to, I just don't want to move from these picks. I don't want to trade up. You want you want you want to get four guys. They're not getting four guys in the top hundred. They're getting three. They're burn. They're burning ninety eight at some point. They're 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 gonna burn. They're gonna burn ninety. They're gonna burn ninety eight. They're either gonna do it at sixteen or they're gonna do it at forty nine. They're like I'll be stunned if they get four guys in the top in the top hundred. They're gonna get three because it's what that's what the Saints do, man. They they trade up. They live on the edge, and the Saints' motto is, "We we can we can burn future assets because if we want to get a pick next year, we'll get a pick next year." It's just what they do, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, we well, also have to account for the fact that if Sean that, Payton, when he inevitably wants to come back, that we're going to get some solid picks for him as well because there's no way he's done coaching. Yeah, there's a good point, Jeffrey. Like, so, like, like what what would make like like. Do you feel like if the Saints don't get a first round pick for Sean Payton, like if they got two seconds, would you not like this deal as like if I told you right now, Sean Payton's gonna come back and he's gonna go to Dallas, but the Saints are gonna get two second round picks for him, would you feel differently about this trade with the Eagles? Oh, most definitely. I I think that uh I think that Jerry will be drooling over any possibility of getting Sean in there. And I mean what Sean could do with all those weapons they have on their offense. So I think that we'll easily get one first for him. I, I don't think that'd be a problem. But if it was two, I mean, there's no 
how would the Saints go? Like, there's no way they could justify that, especially with all we just gave up to the Eagles this year. Yeah, I mean, I think, Jeffrey, final thing for you. What's is there a certain guy that you're like they bet I want this this is my draft crush I want them to pick him at 16 or 19. I'm a little iffy on Olave just with the the Ohio State receivers I don't know like it'd be good with Michael Thomas they could be buddy buddy sure but I, I really like Jamison from uh, Alabama I think he's a stud I think he's got uh I think he's got a higher ceiling maybe maybe a bit with the injury it's tricky but I mean. When you have a guy like that who can just flat out perform, great route runner, great hands. I mean, mm-hmm. Olave is not yeah. necessarily the first receiver you would take from Ohio State. So I mean, I don't know. That's just me. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Jeffrey. Uh, Andrew, before we Thank get you. to before we get to um, freaking about football, um, is there? We're so honey badger centric in free agency. But is there anyone else in free agency that you would like, man, if the Saints would do that in the next three weeks, I'd feel really, I'd feel good about that. Like if I, if just one got like a name out there that you'd be like, yeah, that's a We've good We've been talking like, about Will Fuller for a while at receiver. Um, you know, look, Jarvis Landry to me doesn't really fit what this team wants to do. Like I'm an LSU guy as much as anyone, but I, I've kind of been on record as saying he makes less sense to me. Um, but I would still vote for him. But first of all, he was released, so he doesn't count against that, you know, comp pick formula. But more importantly than that, I just think at this point he would be an upgrade over some of the other receivers they have. So while it's not a great fit just in terms of he's not a field stretcher, he's not what this offense needs, um, probably too similar to what you get out mm-hmm. of Michael Thomas in terms of the style of receiver. But I, I just – I, I still prefer to to not having a veteran receiver on this team. So, I, you know, we've talked about Matthew, yeah. obviously. Uh, but, yeah, I, I would say him. Um, you know, look, I, I think on the defensive line, I think the Saints are sitting pretty right now. I think I think we feel really good about that. So, um, but there's, there's other safeties. If um, I know there's some other safeties out there if things didn't work out with Teron Matthew. So that's a possibility, but. I don't know. No, I, I think receiver's the one, and I, I would probably put – if if not Will Fuller, I'd probably throw Sammy Watkins out as the next guy. Yeah. The one thing I will say, and and, and uh, before we get to freaking, freaking about football and BTW, and then we got to get out of here. The one thing I'll say that frustrates me about the comp picks is all these people that have they, – they, they, they say with such certainty about the comp picks – but nobody goes back and reviews their predictions and says, hey, you from you over the cap guy, Jason from over the cap guy who, and all these people that that claim to predict and know what's going to happen with the comp picks. Like nobody goes back and grades them and says, hey, Andrew, you predicted this for the Saints comp picks in 2022. Were you right? Like, I feel like no one has any idea of the comp picks because it's a black box and we have no idea what it's going to spit out for the Saints in 2023. That's yeah, I feel like, did, didn't they get a third for Hendrickson? I was told yeah. that was going to be a fourth. They got, so, they're, going to get a, they're going to get a fourth. They're not going to, and it was, they got 98 and 101. And, and now I'm being told that Andy Dalton's contract cancels out. Uh, a third. Armsteads? Like, yeah. what? What are you talking yeah. about? Yeah, it makes us freaking. Know. I mean, maybe, maybe that's correct, but I, I, I'm just, yeah, I'm skeptical. Yeah. Freaking about football, what you got for us? 
Uh, hey, y'all, I joined late because I was watching the Pelicans uh, beat the Blazers. But um, uh, as far as uh, I'll just say my draft crush, it, it crush it's uh, Jor- uh, Jordan Davis out of uh, Georgia. I, I really he, he could like he's a huge MF who could just like take up space and give up one uh, give one on one matches with Jordan Davenport Turner anybody on Yamada. Like it, it, we we might have like fifty sacks in a season. <laughs> um, and then I, I would just love to see Brady run away from it. Yeah, Jordan Davis is one of those picks. People would, I hate it, I hate it, I hate it. Oh, he sacked Brady in the third play of week one. I love that pick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, as far as uh, uh, drafting a quarterback, I think we'd all feel a lot more comfortable about the Saints' quarterback interest if Sean Payton was still coach. Like, 100%. If they if the, if the rumors came out, oh, they really like Pickett and Sean Payton was the head coach, we'd probably be thinking Pickett's the next like That's Patrick right. Mahomes, Dan Marino. He could like, pick Willis and would be like, if Sean Payton likes it, we're okay. We're scared, yeah, but if Sean says it's cool, it's cool. Yes. Yeah, so, so like, I, I don't know what's going to happen uh, at that position. My bet is that they go tackle at sixteen and then go uh, wide receiver at nineteen. Yeah. Thanks, freaking about football, for joining us. Uh, all right, BTW, we're gonna get to you, and then we're gonna get out of here. BT, BTW, what you got for us? Hey, what's going on, boys? Um, I was just thinking, everybody's so caught up in this whole draft process about Penning and Olave or Burks or London. What if the Saints are actually focused on moving CD to safety, and they draft Stingley if Stingley drops? I know, because I know, I know Stingley had a decent pro day. He ran a four three. Seven, I think uh, Brooke posted on her on her uh, Twitter, but I, I just wonder if one of those corners happens to like to slide, like say Sauce Gardner or Stingley just happens to slide because it's all big men that are getting drafted early in a couple quarterbacks, and they get to eleven, they get to twelve. At that point, do the Saints make a move? You know, trade a future second to get up a couple spots and, and go grab Stingley? Or- I mean. That would they would be they get Stingley Stingley people forget like in the national championship year for LSU there were at there were points where he was their best defensive player like he was ridiculous the Saints would be if they got Stingley Andrew they would be the deepest they've ever been in corner my entire life like it would be ridiculous they'd be ridiculous yeah I, I I'm skeptical both with Sauce and, and Derek Stingley, that those would be the picks. But if, if they're there, I don't think the Saints would trade up for those guys. Because like they, like you said, they just don't need a corner. They have Lattimore. They have Roby. They have Chauncey Garner-Johnson. They have Adebo. So there's some depth at that position. And again, like offensively, there's, they, they just need an overhaul so badly that I think that's what they're going to prioritize. Now, I don't. so I don't think they trade up. Okay. If they're at, six, if they're at 16 – and Stingley is still there, then yeah, I, I think that or Sauce Gardner, like yeah, like it's tough because to me those are top ten talents. Yeah. I well, because 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 here's the thing, BTW is if Stingley is there at sixteen, then in the first fifteen picks, you probably had a crap ton of tackles go. Yeah. Maybe you had wide receiver. Maybe you, you had a bunch of call, you got to call him Ryan, not BTW. That's, <laughs> that's, just, okay. that's weirding me out, bro. Ryan, Ryan. So Ryan, but you know what I'm saying? Like if Sting, if Stingley's there at 16, right? 
then it means other things have happened and it probably means you 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 have to go a different direction than maybe you in, you envisioned because all the wide receivers got taken the tackles got taken quarterbacks got taken like because if a corner of that of his magnitude drops that far it just means that other players got picked yeah. you know some strange strange now, things we, have we happened know, we know we know they hate lsu players so <laughs> they do i mean even they if do. he's there they probably pass it on but i'm telling you right now if, let's say drake london is gone and let's say let's just say it's down to olave and stingley i'm taking stingley yeah yeah, I, he's just yeah. a better prospect. I, I don't disagree. I just I think that the Saints fans have to get comfortable with the fact that Sean Payton was an offensive guy, Dennis Allen's a defensive mm-hmm. guy. We might everybody thinks that it's offensive tackle, like Penning and Olave are pro- probably the two most mocked guys at sixteen and nineteen. Mm-hmm. I, like if Devin Lloyd's available, like Demario Davis is getting older. You know what I mean? Like it, there might be mm-hmm. some alternate ideas that they have in his draft where we could see different guys. You said Jordan Davis would be that, oh, no, I hate that pick, but then we end up loving him because he's just like Vita Vea. You know what I mean? Like we, we could, That's right, yeah. So like there, this draft could still- I, I don't really think there's a scenario where I hate the Jordan Davis pick. I, I think it's just it would make us uneasy in that we've been clamoring for a receiver for so long but like that, that's really, that's the scenario, Ryan. You, you're kind of getting at it and that's what we were talking about earlier where you get these defensive players. Let's say it's it's a run at quarterback or a run at offensive tackle. We're like all along the Saints kind of wanted receivers and offensive tackles, but it's just like man, these defensive players fell to us. Yeah. And yeah. now, like when you're looking at your board, and let's say you had Stingley or Jordan Davis as like the seventh best player in the draft, and they're there at 16. Yeah. And you could either take those guys or you could take a guy like Chris Olave or or whatever, right? Like a receiver yeah. who's like maybe maybe they're twentieth on your board, and you really need a receiver. But like seven versus twenty, like we always talk about this, and I'm like, man, just get good players in the building. Like yeah. I don't care. Like trade a Debo for a receiver after the draft. Like Stingley's a better player than a Debo. So like if that's who you end up picking, and you decide like, man, we didn't get a receiver, then then trade a Debo if you have to. Like figure yeah. out a way to get a good receiver in the building. But like I'm sorry. You cannot pass on a guy that's seventh on your board. Let's say it's yeah. Jordan Davis and force receiver. To me, that's bad business as a football team. Yeah, I, yeah, Ryan, thanks for joining us. And, and, and Andrew, I'm going to end with this. Randy Mueller told a story on his podcast where that's what happened when they t- when they drafted Deuce. They they did all the the mock. They did a they could did a couple mock drafts, and Deuce was there, and they're like. But we have Ricky Williams. What are we gonna and and at the end of the day, they were like, I, I want to say Randy Mueller said they had him ranked fifth on their board. So they were like, he's fifth? Like, why are we doing this if we're grading all these yeah, players? It, it, unless, unless you're not gonna trust your method. Yeah. Like, like you well, got I'm like, if the fifth best player in the draft is there when you're picking at 24, then like it really doesn't matter what's yeah, on your roster. Like you, you have to take it. Yeah, like if they have, if the Saints are picking 16th and they have Stingley, I don't know, or, or Jordan Davis, and they're like Jordan Davis is the fifth best dude there, like we're taking them, like and the, because the thing is, you either you, you trust your process and, and you hope it works out. But uh, guys, thanks for joining us tonight, uh, and Andrew, thanks for hopping in late. I I I I was in such chaos today that I I forgot to message everyone er- earlier that uh, we were going a day late. Thanks for <laughs> thanks for paying attention to my text and hopping in. Uh, yeah, well, I, I'm, I'm back. So uh, for all you patrons out there who have missed me, a shout out to 
to Scott for filling in and doing such a great job. And, uh, you know, now that I'm back, we'll get some podcasts. Well, we got, well, we just, you didn't take that much of a break. We dragged you off the beach in the Bahamas at Monday. Yeah, I knew. I, for the I went on vacation, the Saints, I knew they were going to have some blockbuster draft trade, of course. Like, That's right. Classic. Mickey Loomis knew that I was on vacation. That's right. It, it, was, right. it was despite me. He said he 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 had a he had a, he had a he had a guy in the Bahamas he's like huge, totally blitzed out of his mind. Yet, oh, he is. Put put the trade in with the Eagles. Put send the send the facts in. To the, yeah. to the NFL we're, we're gonna wait a few days to do it. Do it now. Yeah. So everybody, thanks for joining us. Uh, remember, we'll be doing our live stream uh, Monday night and.